Oh, how sweet it is to trust in you, Lord. I've searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. But then he came along. You came along. You did. And put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Thank you, God. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's Yeah. 
way, just go that way. Follow the Lord. Get in with the Lord. Get in tight with the Lord. And hold on to Him. Grab a hold of the Lord and go. Yeah! I see joy rising. I hear hope calling. I see fear hiding. I see chains falling. I see walls shaking. I hear doubt running. My God's on His way. Yes, He is coming. I see joy rising. for my life just let me sing I just want to sing but sometimes the Holy Spirit when he does move in your life and he does start working you can't even sing you just worship and when I look in my church I remember being young and unknowing and all I had was faith at that point because you haven't experienced much when you're young and so there's this confident hope of what's to come and what you're looking forward to and what you expect God to do in your life and you're just you're confident like you know nothing's gonna stop me <laughs> and then you get to going through life junk happens 
and it knocks you off your feet. And so during revival, and even this morning, anytime really, that I see a generation older than me that comes and can humble themselves and, and fall at the feet of Jesus with that same, I don't want to say the same zeal, but with an excitement still. Because, see, they've already been through a lot. And they come, and they're still worshiping. And they're giving because they know what God has brought them through. We worship when we're younger because we think we have that hope, right? But then we get over here and we're like, it's a different faith. It's a different glory. It's from glory to glory. It's a different level. And it comes out of a different place in you, in your mind, in your body. And I just see people that have gone before me and I'm like, man, God, I, I want to be, I want to be that. I don't ever, ever want to lose that. But then you come back and you're in the middle of something and you can't sing, but you can still worship. And I think sometimes I get in my own head and I'm so caught up with myself and my own mind that I, it's like, God, I just need to get out of my mind. <laughs> get me out of my mind and take me to a new place. Give me that freshness of the hope that I had then and connect it with what I've seen you do in my life already. Because I want to, we talked in our Sunday school class this morning and and um, she challenged us to ask, Holy Spirit, what do I want you to do in my life? And I've struggled with that. But I want to know. I want to be confident that I know, that I know. And I do. I do know. I do know what he's brought me through. So my prayer, you know, sometimes you got to, you have to hear things so many times before it just sits with you and it just hits you differently. So my prayer this morning as we go into the last song is take me to a new place. Take me to a new place. I want my worship to be stronger this morning. I want it to be more intentional because my feelings don't always line up with it. My mind doesn't always line up with it. But you are faithful and you are good and you are true and you have delivered me. You've delivered a lot of my family. You've delivered a lot of people in our church family. Take me to a new place. Take me to a new place where I just worship. End of service isn't the only time for altar calls. It's not the only time to come forward. Worship is a time to come forward. Worship is a time to lay it all out.
not supposed to base our faith and everything on our feelings, but doesn't it feel good to worship the Lord like that? That's not, that's just a bonus that the Lord has given us. And the music that we sing, that's a bonus. It's, it's on top of, of our praise. Yeah, sometimes we don't feel, 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 feel this way or that way, but the Lord has blessed us with feelings. And when, it, when our feelings, like a, a room like this, it's just good. It's good. It's good to praise the Lord together. Amen. Let's, let's shout one more hallelujah. Let's, let's do a really a hallelujah. I know it's not much. It's all that we have. Right now, it's what we have. We're going to shout the loudest hallelujah. Let's let the neighbors hear what's going on. All right? On three, we're going to shout hallelujah at the top of our lungs. You ready? One, two, three. That was awesome. That was amazing, awesome, awesome. So glad you joined us this morning. So glad you joined us online this morning. Welcome, welcome. And shake. (laughs) 30. Shake 30 hands. It should still be going. 30 hands is a lot. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. 30. Man. That's getting to know some people this morning. Love it, I love it, I love it, and I love to worship the Lord. I love when His presence manifests itself amongst us, and we get to be in that and be encouraged in the Lord. Uh... I just love when he speaks into our hearts. And, and people have asked me before, how do you know when the Lord's speaking to you? Well, you focus on him first and foremost. You got to push everything else to the side. And then you listen to what he has to say. So, you know, things have to be out of your mind, out of your heart, and you just need to be locked in on him and then listen to what he's speaking to your heart. And I love it, I love it, I love it, him, I love you guys, and I'm glad to be here this morning. I don't take that for granted either. Some people can't make it into the house of the Lord each week, um, but we're here. We're here, and we're here to worship the Lord and receive what he has for us today and be encouraged and equipped to go out and share it with others and be sent, right? right. Amen. If you are a first-time guest here today, welcome to Orchardville Church. It is a beautiful, beautiful place to call home with some wonderful people who love, like Jesus. Amen. <laughs> if you're a first-time guest, just there's a card in the seat in front of you. If you'll fill that out, turn it into the welcome desk. We have a gift for you, just a little bit of a thank you for being with us today. Um, we appreciate you. Let's give our first-time guests a hand. Anybody watching online this week, we appreciate you turning, tuning in with us and seeing what the Lord has for you as well. All right. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 22. There you are, little fella. 
I was going to have a little sound effect to go on that. I'm sure some people could help me out with it, but we won't. Okay? Are you in denial? And it's so... I just love how things line up. You know, we sang, uh, come on my soul, don't you be shy on me. And we're going to talk about are you in denial? Because it's one thing to praise in here. It's another thing to live it out there. (laughs) All right? So as much as I love and how much God loves the worship we bring in here into this place each week, as a pastor, it'd mean even more to me if we lived it outside of here. So we're going to find out this morning if we're in denial. I said this earlier this week, I think it was all the way back in our staff meeting Monday, what I was going to be sharing on, and Justine, the funny lady that she is, I said, are you in denial? She said, no, I'm in the Euphrates, Euphrates, or whatever she said. So she was just making little jokey jokes, like she does. It's all good. I love the people I work with. <laughs> Not all of you can say that. <laughs> right? Are you in denial? Let's stand for the reading of the word. Something we're doing new here that I say I, I borrow from Brian Palmer when he was here. He's borrowing the dismiss your sent thing. Someone borrow his standing for the reading of the word. All right, here we go. Luke, did I tell you where? 22, 54 through 62. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing at him as he sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, surely this fellow also was with them, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me. Three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for a house to worship in, God. We thank you for a family to encourage each other, God. And right now we're asking for your word, Father, that is alive and active. Father, would it cut into our hearts, Father? And Lord, and help us today if we are in denial in any way, Father, with our relationship with you. I pray right now, Father, that we get that restored in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We look at, at this situation, and we look at Peter here in this story, and we think how terrible he is. Anybody thought that as you read the story? Like, how could he do that? After he'd been with Jesus, how terrible would it be for him to deny him? You know, he actually lied and denied that he knew the Lord. He flat out told them, I do not know him. I do not know him. <clears throat> and later on in Matthew 26, 74, Peter even begins to cuss about it, trying to distance himself from the Lord 
So as I think about that, and I'll throw out the question to you guys, what do you think about that? What do you think about what Peter's done here? Did somebody say terrible? Or nobody said anything? Murmurs? What what is it? Is it bad? Is that a bad deal? Yeah. That's what we think. And and just a little while before this, he was ready to single-handedly go to war with all kinds of Roman soldiers. Right before this happens. But now he's denying that he even knows Jesus. Carlin, it must be something about the air today because I'm thirsty as well. As bad and as terrible as this is, as we read this and we think, man, why would he do that? I want you to ponder and think about something else with this story. You know, it's bad what Peter does here, but at least, at least those people knew Peter had been with Jesus. He may have denied it, but others recognized him as someone who spent time with the Lord. Most of us in here this morning are probably Christians, or we, at least we claim to be Christians in this house today, most of us, I'm sure. When you leave here this morning, will anybody be able to recognize that you belong to Jesus? <laughs> or that you've just been in the presence of the Lord? Will people see that when, they, when you leave this place today? Is there anything about you that bears any re- resemblance to the one you claim as the Savior? It's going to be a little tough today. <laughs> but I want to look at a few things in this scripture. And the first thing that I want to look at is verse 54. It, it, what it looked like for Peter to deny Jesus. What it looked like for him. Now, he didn't, he didn't want people. He was sneaking around. All right? He, he didn't want people to think that he was a follower of Jesus. Verse 54 says that he followed at a distance. There's a lot of believers right now that are following at a distance. They don't want to get too close. But he wanted to follow Jesus, but he didn't want to get just, I don't want to get too close to him because I'm scared that something's going to happen to me if I get too close to him. He was afraid that he might be identified with Jesus if others saw him close to Jesus. And he was in this moment afraid of the consequences that might come his way if he was seen with him. Questions this morning. Are you sneaking around as a Christian? And we talked about last week, will you stand up or cower down? Are you following Jesus, but are you keeping some distance so that others may not be able to see that in your life? You know, there's actually a lot of people that are too scared to get close to Jesus for whatever reason. One might be as you commit yourself to him and surrender to him, you might have to give some things up in your life that he's looking to prune to help you grow in him. And people don't want to get that close. They're scared of that. They're scared of change. They're scared that they might actually have to commit to him. They may not want their friends and family and coworkers or anybody else to identify them with Jesus. Sometimes I wish I could go to your jobs with you and see what it's like. See if we're living out 
what we praise and worship and, and talk about in here. How many of you be okay with me going to your jobs? Good, good. Make a list when we go back and watch this. <laughs> you guys, Rick shows up one day. <laughs> tell me a little bit about Travis, will you? Tell me, tell me about him. I'd like to know how committed to the Lord he is in your workplace. Oh, goodness. I've done some crazy things, and I would probably do that. <laughs> but some people are afraid of what others will think if they actually find out that I am a true disciple of the Lord. We're worried about that. But they'd rather sneak around than have courage and stand up for the Lord instead. So uh, some more questions. Do people have any idea that you're a Christian? Have you hit it really well? Are you denying Jesus by being a sneaky Christian? He also, in verse 55, he tried to blend in. Now, I know nobody would do this. He tried to blend in. Peter tried to fit in with the rest of the crowd. They built a fire there. He eased right in with the rest of them. I'm just going to be one of the boys here. Sit down. Don't want to draw attention to myself. I'm just going to sit with you guys here. That way, nobody will really find out who I am. More questions for you. Are you trying to blend in with the rest of the world? Are you trying not to draw attention to who you claim to be? I am telling you right now, our world does not need that from us as believers. Amen. Are you trying to be like everybody else? Are you fitting in with the non-Christian world? Are you a Christian in camouflage? Can somebody or anybody recognize you from the rest of the world? And so the first thing that I want to kind of hit on here is, is how we daily deny Jesus. So many of us as Christians are more concerned with how society sees us rather than being concerned about the one that died for us on the cross. We'd rather worry about how people perceive us, how they see us, especially on social media, than be more concerned with the one that loved us and died for us. A lot of people want the promise of forgiveness. They want the blessings of God. They want the promise of heaven, but they want that later. Right now, I just want to be me and kind of just blend in with everybody else. I, I know what he did for me. I appreciate that. And I'm going to bank on that later in life. And they try to hide it. They want that to come later after they just kind of blend in and do their thing. Now, I got to pray with a man a couple months ago on his deathbed. That's tough. I'm so thankful that the Lord still hears us in those moments. But I want to encourage you not to wait until that moment because we're not guaranteed that deathbed where we get to think about things. Okay? We're not guaranteed that. We, want, we don't want to be concerned with how we look to the world and and, and worry about how the world recognizes us. They should recognize, if you are a believer in Jesus, people should know it. They should see it. They should experience that when they're around you. 
We can't be afraid of what might happen to us if we're recognized as Christians. You guys know from seeing things overseas that persecution is coming. It's going to come in a big way. It's going to come in a heavy way. It's going to come in a way that's going to make some of you in here deny the Lord. Because you didn't commit and surrender like you thought you did. And you're going to flee. You're going to deny as soon as somebody does something to you that's against Christ. That's reality. We don't want to sneak around and try to blend in with everybody else. We're actually no better than Peter when we deny Jesus with our lives. Now, I was talking about your jobs, and, and I was in this, I mean, it's, you guys say, well, it's easy for you, you work in a church. I'll give you that. Okay? But I haven't always worked in a church, and I have to repent of the way I acted in secular jobs. Because a lot of times I was just trying to blend in with everybody and not cause a stink because I was a believer. And really it should have been the opposite. What I had inside of me should have reflected to them for them to want what I had. But we think we can't do that. We think we have to be quiet. And we don't. We shouldn't. The second thing is how Peter was recognized as a follower of Jesus. He looked different from everybody else. Verse 56. And, and from, uh, from the other gospels, we can gather that this, this, this part of scripture took place in the courtyard of Caiaphas. And the only people in the courtyard would have been the servants, the guards, and Peter. So the servant girl would recognize other servants that had usually been there. The guard, you know, and, and, and the guards would have been the same way, recognizing people. So he really actually probably stuck out like a sore thumb. He wasn't going to look like the rest of the people that were there. A true follower of Jesus looks different from the world. You look different from everybody else. You know, we don't have you know, the different facial features. I mean, some of it, we're glad we do. But we're people. People are people. But Christians should be Christians. Okay? We should look like Christians. We should talk like Christians. We should act like Christians. Our lives are going to look different from those who are not believers. We're not going to participate in the things the world tries to draw us into doing. Again, even students with you in school, if I walk the hallways, if I talk to your teachers, if I talk to other students, do you take part in the bad jokes and the making fun of kids and, and, and things that are opposite of what Christ would want you to do? Or are you walking as a light in the darkness? You guys aren't off the hook just because you're young. You are believers. Walk like it, talk like it, act like it. Same for the adults in your jobs. We'll stand out by what we do and what we don't do. People are going to see that there's something, they should see that there's something different about us. We should stand out as a light in this dark world. Now, some more questions to challenge. Do you look different from everybody else in your job? Does your uniqueness as a Christian stand out from the rest of the world Again, we're not supposed to look like the world. The change that Jesus has brought into our heart should be reflected externally for people to see. <clears throat> we should not have the world shaping us into its image. We should be reflecting the work of Christ to the world. 
He also, Peter, talked differently from everybody else. Verse 59, Peter had a Galilean accent, and there was a difference in how people talked in Galilee and in Judea. So his accent would have gave him away. When Peter talked, there was no doubt where he was from. A true follower of Jesus talks differently from everybody else. We talk differently. We don't use the language of the world. And this includes more than just cussing. Okay? We don't gossip like the rest of the world does. We shouldn't be. We don't destroy people with our words like the world does. We shouldn't be. We don't attack people with our words. I've said this before, I'll say it again. We have so many adults acting like junior high kids on social media. It is disgusting. It's embarrassing. The bickering, the verbal attacks. It's, it, it's embarrassing to see the examples that we are setting for our kids in conflict and how to handle that conflict. How do you expect them to be any different when you're not leading by example? Be different. The world should act like that. They don't know Jesus. Believers should not because we're supposed to know him. Do you talk different from everybody else? Do you build up with your words instead of tear down? Is your voice a calming voice to those who need to hear it? Do you speak the truth in love? Do you share the good news to those who need some good news? As Christians, all that we should be saying, all that we're doing should be influenced by the presence of Jesus, which is lived out through the Holy Spirit who resides in us. That's where we're operating from, or we should be operating from. Where are you today? How are you doing as a Christian today? It's going to get more difficult, folks. It's going to get more difficult. And we need to give serious consideration to what we've read in the scripture this morning. Are we guilty of denying Jesus in our everyday lives? There are moments where I'm sure some of us can say yes, now that I think about it. Because if you think about every interaction you have with people, does it always reflect the Lord? Every time somebody needs prayer or you see a need, does it always reflect the Lord and how you handle that? It should. I'll, I'll admit I fail at it as well. But it should look like Jesus, the hands and feet of Jesus. We should not be in the closet Christians or just Sunday morning Christians. Are we really any different from the rest of the world? Are we really the person Jesus saved us to be? Are you who you want to be today? Now here's, here's the great news, okay? If you're, if you're reflecting on your own life and how you've been outside of church, I'm not stupid, okay? I realize that it's a lot more difficult out there than it is in here. But we're not meant to just stay in here in our nice little cozy, nice place with great worship and, and I always say average preaching. We're not meant to just stay here and, and do this. We're meant to be sent out there and change the world. 
And, and reading this story, reading throughout the Bible, the good news is that things can be different for us. Amen. If you're struggling today with, man, I am really not living like I know the Lord outside of here, things can be different for you today. Amen. Things can change today. You can be restored today. You can move back to where Jesus wants you to be today. The third thing is how Peter was restored to Jesus. The rooster crowed. And Jesus turned and looked straight through the crowd and straight into Peter's eyes. Can you imagine that moment, what that would have felt like for Peter? Crushed, devastated. Oh, I can't believe I did that. There was a lot going on at the time for Jesus in this moment, but he looked out to Peter. Through everything that he was dealing with in that moment, he looks at him. And even when Peter was denying him, he didn't turn away from Peter. He looked at him. He turned to him. Jesus, if you're in here this morning, you're saying, man, this is challenging me. I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't live the same outside of here. Jesus hasn't turned away from you. He's still looking at you. He still sees you. If you belong to him, he's still got his eyes on you. And he loves you and he's never going to deny his love for you. Jesus pressed Peter to examine his relationship with him. Go to John chapter 21. John chapter 21, 15 through 19. This is after he had risen from the grave. And he's talking with him. He says, so verse 15, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you when you are where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So Jesus asked Peter three times, did he love him? Did he love him? And Peter couldn't deny it. He really, really loved Jesus. And so Jesus restores Peter and he gave Peter the opportunity, the same one he gives us this morning, follow me. Listen, you've been doing things outside of the church that you know don't line up with what I have for you, follow me. Listen, I know you've made some bad decisions. I know you've said some things that you regret to people as a believer, but you can be restored today. Follow me. Follow me. So even with his failures, Jesus chose Peter to preach at Pentecost. And we know at Pentecost, that was the birth of the church. As he denied him, God restored him. Restored him to lead the church. This morning, do you really love 
Jesus? Do you love him? And this challenged me this week to examine my relationship with the Lord. What does it look like outside of ministry in the church? What does it look like? What does my relationship with him look like? And it led me to to tell myself and share with you, don't deny him anymore. Don't deny him. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what you're doing, what you're saying, don't deny the Lord in your life. Let him be the Lord of your life. Surrender to him this morning. Surrender is I give up. I can't do any of this. I need you. Complete surrender. Our praise team will come back up. And I told you in the beginning when I started this morning that it's easy to be bold and courageous for the Lord when you're amongst your peers in the church. That's easy. That's easy when you come in here. But the problem is a lot of us are putting on a mask or something false in front of each other when we know we haven't surrendered to him. We haven't surrendered every part of our life to him. And there are, there are moments in our life we know right now that we're denying him. Maybe it's at your job. Maybe it's within your family and you're, you're not leading your family like the Lord has called you to. That's denying him. Maybe your mouth runs amok sometimes. That's denying him. That's not allowing him to be the Lord of your life. That's not allowing the Holy Spirit to control the flesh. The true test of our faith is when we act the same in all circumstances. In church, I love the Lord. I surrender to him. He has control of my life. Outside of church, I love the Lord. I surrender to him. He has control of my life. It's the same everywhere we go. It's actually, it's, it's kind of challenging as they begin to play to consider that we might be more concerned about offending others more than we are about offending Jesus. Because every time we have an opportunity to share the Lord with somebody and we don't, we've offended him. You say, but, it, but it's difficult sometimes to talk to people be the same as what you are in here. It's easy for you to talk about Jesus in here. Yeah, but that's because everybody's believers. We're to be sent. To be light in the darkness and let the Lord change people's lives. Let them change their life. Everything in our life matters. It all matters. In the kingdom, it matters. It matters how I lead my family. It matters how I act at my job. It matters how I act in Walmart. It it matters when I'm driving down the road. It all matters and it's a reflection of who he is to me. I don't want to deny him because my anger got the best. I don't want to deny him because I'm lazy in my faith. I don't want to deny the Lord. You guys will stand this morning. It matters, it matters, it matters, it matters. I'll show you how much it matters. Matthew 10, 33 says, Jesus said this, 
whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. That was Jesus. Whoever denies me before men, think about your life, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do you really love him this morning? Does he really mean everything to you? Jesus may be calling you this morning to recommit to him, to follow me, follow me, follow me. Surrender this morning. Don't deny him this morning. Let him have access to every part of your life. Father, right now we come to you and we thank you. We thank you for who you are. And God, we may be in a challenging season in life, God, where we we might be denying you. We might be in denial because we have not let you be the Lord of our life, every part of it. Father, I I admit and I repent right now that, that the courage and boldness and the light of you needs to shine forth in me. Father, that that I need to take those chances for you because you took a chance on me. Father, you loved me when I couldn't even love myself. Father, you set me free from all kinds of bondage in my life and depression and anxiety. Lord, you set me free. And you said you're worth it, Rick. And you're saying that to everybody in this place right now. You're saying that to the people watching online. You're worth it. I love you. I died for you. I died for you. I forgive you of your sins. Let me be the Lord of your life. Just surrender to me. And as you spend time with me, as you study the word, I will give you the courage. I will give you the boldness to open your mouth and speak what I've put inside of you. And you can change this world with the light of the Holy Spirit that you carry. So Father, right now, I pray for recommitments I pray for surrender. Lord, I pray for a difference outside the church house. Lord, we are here not just to feel good on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. We are here to be a light to the people around us. We are here to change lives in our communities. God, help us not to deny you. We don't know, Father, every interaction we have somebody with somebody, what you're going to do in that person's life and who they're going to be for you. Let us not be scared to speak into people. Let us not be scared to be courageous and stand up for you in the darkness. So, Father, again, recommitment, surrender, follow you this morning. Father, I pray it for hearts right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship and pray.
guys promise me one thing this week? Promise me I will share my faith with at least one non-believer. Can you promise me that today? Lift your hand. Say, I promise, Rick, I will share my faith with one non-believer. And then I want you to message me, 618-231-4715, or on Facebook Messenger, and you tell me how it went, positive or negative. It doesn't matter. I want to know. I want to know that we're doing things outside of here to make an impact out there. The more you do it, the easier it's going to become. Because all you're doing is sharing the love of Jesus. Don't, think, don't take things personal. Jesus never did. Share it. You raise your hand, I can go back and watch and see. Message me sometime between now and next Sunday and let me know who you shared it with because I want to pray for them and how it went. All right?